your name. You are worthy, Lord. The passage directly after that is about fearing the Lord and having humility and allowing the Lord to show so good to be in the house of the Lord. What a power-packed section of biblical living. How can are these four to six verses here? I was talking to the band this morning, and it's gloomy. But today I want us to focus on what we read three and four. Love sometimes change our whole attitude. They come together as a combo. But this morning we're going to have communion in this place. Often through Scripture, love and communion is not something. It's not just a this word for faithfulness because I wanted to make sure that, that the implications bread, that I was going to make about the concept of faithfulness were true according to the you, Hebrew word that was being used. And, for the, and Lord. the Hebrew word that was being used because the Lord wants to have the concomitant definitions, if in this you will, place. of Reliability. There's a couple ways that happens, but one of them is through the praises of his people. Because in scripture it says the Lord abides in the praises of his people. So you came this morning to celebrate. That's what we come to do, is to celebrate the gospel of Jesus Christ in our life that we have in him. Because faithfulness is a concept that we have from Scripture, and and it really covers an entire gamut of words. So you you could do one of two things today. You could could experience God. You could worship him and praise his name and have a fresh picture of him on your heart. And he the could change you, he could heal you, he could do all sorts of things. Said, Let love and reliability. When you praise, never leave. or you could walk Let out of here love and steady feel nothing. Never leave you. But I'm telling you this morning, but they use faithfulness God I wants to have communion with you. He wants to have communion with you in this place. It starts with the way. celebration of so his people. So why are love and faithfulness always together? Why is it the combo pack of scripture? Well, there's a very simple answer to that.
It's just good intentions. Good intentions don't get you very far. In fact, good intentions get you nowhere. Unless you are a person of fidelity, steadiness, faithfulness, durability. The scriptures know love and faithfulness are fleeting. So did you catch what the writer of Proverbs did for us there? To give you a little bit of context, the Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 says, My son, I, I take that to mean even more than a father-son relationship. I imagine... The, the writer of Proverbs sitting there as, as an elderly gentleman talking and to someone who needs to listen to my son. Listen to this. Where listen the dearest time passed for a world of lost sinners was slain. Many of us have never believed this place today. Many of us have never believed this place today. Many of us have never believed this place today. Many of us have never believed this place today. Many of us have never believed this place today. Father, I never had a legitimate illness as a child. I 
is wicked it belongs to the enemy and it wins us the disapproval of God for those of you who still have your Bibles open turn over to Matthew chapter 25 so that we just don't think that this is an Old Testament concept most of you know the parable of the talents or as the new NIV translated the parable of the bags of gold but the story is very simple Jesus is telling a parable, and he's talking about his servants, and he says the master leaves his servants with particular talents or large bags of gold, as was understood in the ancient world. And he says he leaves one of them five, and one of them two, and one of them one. And he goes away for a long time. And the one with five multiplies that five and ends up with ten bags of gold. And the one... With, with two ends up with four bags of gold, but the one with one did nothing with that that he or that which he was given. Well, servant number one, who multiplies on what he is given, is responded to by the master in verse twenty one of chapter twenty five. His master said to him, "Well done." Good and trustworthy slave. Or for those of you who know the NIV, what does it say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. All right. What happens in verse 23 when the one with two talents comes back with four? His master said to him, and I'm just going to quote it in the NIV because that's what I've learned my whole life. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, that is the good side of the faithfulness piece. Here's the negative side, and I'm reading this in the NRSV because that's what I preach out of. Verse 26. After the third servant, who has done nothing with the talents given him, comes back to the master and says, I've done nothing with them. The master replied, verse 26, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and I gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received what what was my own interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents. Now, this is one of the most troubling passages of Scripture unless you read it through the lens of Proverbs chapter 3. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. 
But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And as for this worthless slave, servant, doulos, it can be translated both ways, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not a pretty picture. The disapproval of God comes with unfaithfulness to the task that he has given us, with poor priorities. What treasures has the Lord given you to work with? I look at my wife as a treasure, my kids as a treasure, my job as a treasure, my church as a treasure. And the principle from Proverbs chapter 3 and Matthew 25 is simple. Am I, if I am faithful to these gifts of God, God will have more for me. And if I bury them in the sand and treat them unfaithfully, his favor is lifted from me. Now this can be a scary concept because... We look at that and we say, so what is happening here? Is God just going to bring judgment into my life if I am unfaithful to him on a day-in and day-out basis? And the answer may or may not be yes, but I I, want to look at you and just just turn your thoughts for just a moment to, to a greater concept. A greater concept. And the greater concept is this, that you are God's workmanship. That you have been created in Christ Jesus with work to do. We quoted Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 last week. Christ Jesus has created you with works to do. Which means if you are faithful to God, God is faithful to complete in you all that he created for you to do. Now, that just rhymed, but it wasn't meant to. But if you are faithful to God... It's not up to you to be the creative genius of the talents of God. It's not up to you to be the creative genius of your home or the creative genius of your workplace. God has given each one of us a capacity. And with that capacity, he expects us to be faithful so we reach it. So let me turn this parable on its head for you for just a minute. God knew in advance that the one who received five talents was good for ten. God knew that the one who received two talents was good for four. And God knew that the one who received one talent was good for two. We judge ourselves so harshly as Christians and say, well, if I was more faithful to God, if I could just get everything in line, I would then have a multi-million dollar nonprofit organization that would be changing the world forever. And we pastors can sometimes breed that mentality. And it's not that at all. It's whatever capacity for work God has designed you to do, he is faithful to you to complete it if you will remain faithful to him. You don't have to be Moses. You can be Michael or Matthew or Marvin. You don't have to get to a place and say, well, my faithfulness has won me favor with with God and man because I have done this incredible thing that everybody can see for God. Oh, how faithful I am. No. God designed you with work to do. He designed you with a a capacity. And he is faithful to complete it in you so long as you are faithful to him. Take that back to the ancient Israelites that we mentioned. They had a capacity that he had designed for them. They were to be the light of the world, the city on a hill, the place from which people could, could, could be 
taught the truths of right living by God. They were people who remained unfaithful. They were people, therefore, that did not reach their capacity. They did not reach that which God had designed for them to do. In my home, when I don't spend enough time with my kids, or if I don't teach and discipline them, and I let Gina carry the load, my whole house suffers. Not because Gina is deficient, but because I have not reached my capacity as a faithful husband and father. My kids become unruly. They throw tantrums. They disrespect their mom. They steal my sleep. And generally make life miserable. When I am a faithful father, spending time with them, disciplining them, teaching them, my house is at peace. That is what I believe is favor versus disfavor. If I'm just being honest. I don't believe anybody ever stubbed their toe and go, why? You know? What did I do today, God, that you allowed me to step? No, I don't think it's that. God has the principles in our lives that helps us to reach the capacity that he has given us for his favor. But we don't allow that to happen because we do not stay faithful to the task that we know we should. We have messed up priorities. We have a life that is wild and crazy with no real look towards the outcome of our ventures. All right, well, let's apply this to some of our regular spheres of life. You might look at me and say, Matt, I am in a workplace where I am always passed over. I am always overlooked. Other employees get better hours. I am treated disrespectfully by my boss, and I am faithful as the day is long. Where is the favor in that? And I want to tell you this morning, my job here is not to look at you and make a happy slave out of you. That's not what I would desire for any of you. But I wonder what your life would look like if you were not faithful. Would you still have your job? I wonder what your life would look like if you were not honoring the Lord with your time. What would be lifted from you? What would be taken from you? Now the glorious thing about this whole concept is you live in the freest country on earth. You don't have to stay in an unjust system forever. You have a God that can take care of all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And you don't have to stay in an unjust workplace. But as long as you are in that unjust workplace, you honor the Lord by being faithful to that unjust workplace and being faithful to the task that God has given you until God grants you reprieve. That's biblical. That's Christian. Don't devalue your work. Don't devalue your work because your workplace is unjust. Don't start showing up late. Don't start uh, uh, doing things halfway because no one else is faithful around here. Who are you? You are a son or daughter of the king. And the king is full of love and faithfulness. Therefore, it's your job to do the same in every sphere of life. You know, one of the great uh, ideas of the New Testament, that, and I want you to hear me the right way. Please do not hear me the wrong way. You might think I'm advocating something that I'm not. Wherever Christianity goes, people are set free. Let me start by saying that. That 
that the destruction and the continuing destruction of slavery in this world has been and will always be led by Christians. But there is passage after passage in the New Testament where we are reminded that there are people in slavery and they're not going to get free in their lifetime. And it's still incumbent upon them to be faithful. So don't you come telling me you're a slave at your job. Because there are people who were never set free that God said be faithful anyways. Now I don't advocate slavery and the Bible and the freedom of Jesus Christ goes to destroy slavery. In fact, one of the problems with Christianity early on, there was an opponent of Christianity, his name was Celsus. You can go Wikipedia this later if you'd like. And he was furious that there would be people who were rich sharing the same cup of communion with the neighborhood slaves. That was the early Christians right there. That they couldn't set everybody free, but they were going to be faithful to what God had called them to do. So I'm not coming here to tell you that your job is peachy, but your work is for the Lord. Your job might not be great, but your work is for the Lord. We, as we were reminded weeks ago from 1 Peter chapter 4, in every walk of life should be faithful stewards of the grace of God. We had the same concept in church I want to remind you that the church is Christ's creation to breed missional fidelity in you. And when you are unfaithful to church, you are thereby decreasing your capacity to missional fidelity to God. You say, that was, that was a weird way of putting it. Yes, it was. Because I don't just want to say, come to church. Honor the Lord. Well, yes, all those things are right. Honor the Lord. Come to church. But by not coming to church, you decrease your capacity for missional fidelity, the work that God has called you to do. Not to mention, if you're living an outcome-based living, and you printed one of these out this week from the church website or from your email, and you took the time to go through it with your family, and you said, we're going to have some outcome-based living in our home. We're not just going to live in the moment, but we're going to live to honor the Lord and honor one another and honor the gifts that God has given us, and we're going to do something different in our home. And I'm hoping that fidelity to God, the things of God, i.e. the church, the ministry that you can do in, through, and outside of the church, came pretty close to the top of this list. Because what is the outcome if it is not? What's the outcome? The favor of God and man and your capacity for that decreases. Where the Lord wants you to come up to the high water mark that he set for you before you were created. This is so true in our families. It is so true among our friends. Faithfulness wins you the favor of God and man. It's a true principle. And you might wonder why you aren't respected the way you need to be respected or why you don't feel connected the way you need to be feel connected. It's a faithfulness issue. It's a faithfulness issue. It's a faithfulness issue. I'm going to say it one more time. It's a faithfulness issue. I have a friend who's in his late 20s, 
I'll just put this on another level, friendship. A friend who's in his late 20s, and we would marvel any time this group of friends would get together because he would always say something like, yeah, I will probably see you later. Yeah, I will probably be over later. And after a number of years, we figured out what that meant from our friend. It meant he was going to stay at home and wait to see if a better offer came along before he came out with us. Now, you say, well, what, what was the end of that? Did you guys have, a, have an intervention? And did, you all, did you all get him together and browbeat him? Is that what you did? No. No. But I know a whole group of 28, 29, 27, 31-year-olds who are connected and love one another, who would be there for one another, who would support one another, who help one another. And I know a 29-year-old who's floating out there with no connection points and is very unhappy with himself and his life. Never thinking about the outcome of his lack of fidelity to his friends. Now you say, I, I can't believe you went the friend route. It's everywhere. We could go the family route. We could go the workplace route. What are your priorities? And what would it take for you to not be faithful to them? Are you interested in some outcome-based living or just some feeling that you have on Sunday morning that might resonate in your life as you go through the rest of your week? I think we have an incredible tool here, not because I put it together. It's, it's so simple. Once again, an eight-year-old could have done it. But I challenge you for the week, second week in a row, if you've not yet printed this out off the church website, if you have not yet printed this out from your email, I even have some available today, take this. Take this. Use it. Put it on your refrigerator. And make this the covenant that you have in your household. Why? Because there's anything special about this? No. But faithfulness has to be more than intentions, or you're not going to get very far. I want you to live in the favor of both God and man. Because when you live in the favor of both God and man, you begin to reach the capacity of the good work which you were created in Christ Jesus to do. It's a biblical concept, but it needs fleshing out in our lives. I leave you with one more thing. It said Jesus left the temple that day, and he submitted himself to his parents. It says, he grew in wisdom and stature and in the favor of God and man. It's his way. It's his way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Proverbs fits in what we biblical people call the wisdom literature. I call it wisdom from heaven. It's your word, Lord, and it's your truth. Father, I pray that we as Christians, we as the body of Victory Life, would catch a glimpse of both our faithfulness level or our unfaithfulness level and ask you, Lord, to do something different in our lives so that we may prioritize faithfulness. Because in faithfulness, Lord, we reach the potential that you have designed us for. 
may we grow in favor with you and with our peers, not so that we can tap ourselves on the back and be glad for our greatness, but so that we can look to heaven and thank you for your faithfulness and your good work and your kingdom coming in our lives and your power and your strength and all that you are. Father, I pray that all glory and honor would be given to you. That when we receive the favor that will come upon us when we live a faithful life, that, Lord, all glory and all honor would come to you. Help us to be more than intentional today. Help us, Lord, to truly prioritize our faithfulness. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.